What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of After School Program. In this episode, we talk with Brian Lane. Brian is a skydiving instructor with Skydive Spaceland Dallas and has jumped out of an airplane almost 2,000 times. In this episode, we talk about Brian discovering his appreciation for nature during college, tearing his rotator cuff while rock climbing, how he views skydiving as an outlet to express himself, and why all skydivers hate Tom Cruise. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, welcome to the podcast, man. I guess we'll start off with um, what's your title and what do you do? Yeah, what's your name too? Yeah, yeah. What's what your is name? my name? My name is Brian Lane, and currently I am the lead STP instructor at Skydive Spaceland Dallas. Okay, and what do you do? Um, uh, yeah, so I am just a all-around skydiving instructor. Uh, I am mostly emphasizing on our student program now, which is where um, regular civilians come and try and get their uh, USPA license uh, in order to skydive. So that they can skydive alone? Yep. So they can skydive alone or they can skydive with friends and um, you know, so, kind of just spice up their life. So one, one of our questions that we both said we'll probably like freak out at the amount of times is how many times have you jumped out of an airplane? But before we get to that... I don't know if it's a close number to it, but how many times have you jumped out of an airplane strapped to someone else who's maybe freaking out because it's their first time? Um, so that would be tandems. I actually just recently got my tandem rating. So I only awesome. have about um, about 120 of those. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, only 120 of those. Is that um, considered? It's got to be considered a little more dangerous, right? Because of like the freak out factor of the person that's attached to you? Um, usually there's not so much freaking out and there's only so much that they can actually do. Um, there's, you know, there's not really so much that they can do that would harm you in free fall. Um, there's something that we set behind us. It's actually like a a mini parachute called a drogue. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is it's pretty much like a, yeah, like a regular round parachute, maybe about two feet wide. Uh, attached to a static line on the back of the parachute mm-hmm. um, that anchors you in free fall, essentially. Right. So they can kick and swing and do as much as you want, and it's really not going to move you all that oh, much. Cool. Um, Very cool. Yeah, that's yeah. that net that when you jump out, at first it feels like you're actually just free falling from the sky mm-hmm. and your arms are flailing. And then once you release that, that's where it kind of gives you a little more of that floating sensation there, right? Yeah, it, it slows you down. I mean, realistically, with a, a tandem pair, you're hucking about 500 ma- pounds of meat out the door. Um, without a drogue, you would go over something called terminal free fall velocity, which is anywhere upwards of 130 miles an hour. Dang. And that's no longer safe in order to open your parachute. So the drogue actually not only stabilizes you, but it brings your overall speed down. Uh, okay. So you don't go over that threshold. Right. Oh, so okay. how many times have you jumped out of an airplane? Uh, right now, I have about 1,900 skydives all oh along. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Good um, God. Which really isn't all that much. I know to the right. standard person, they say, guy. wow, 1,900 skydives, that's a lot. But, you know, I work with people that they right. have 20,000 plus. Right. You know? Not when you're doing um, it like every day. Um, depending on the day, uh, weekdays, we'll see anywhere from none to maybe eight. And that's like a, that's like a pretty good busy day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, weekends, uh, during like peak summertime, each instructor can do just around upwards of 13 a day. Dang. Um, okay. and that's like turning and burning all day. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. How, how exhausting is that when you're, you got one of those days, like at what point are you kind of burn out on it for the day? Um, yeah, I think like, 
you never really burn out because you have like a constant supply of adrenaline. Like no matter right. how many skydives you have, your body does put out adrenaline because I mean we're not meant to exist in in the air. <laughs> your body's um, just like oh fuck to, again. Yeah, yeah. You're not supposed to jump out we, of a perfectly good airplane, right? Most <laughs> most people that work in the industry they kind of go into like robot mode just around like six or seven jumps in, mm. um, and then you kind of get like a little bit of pick me up maybe around like towards the end of the day when you know like oh cool like the end is near right. um and you can kind of relax a little bit most of it's just making sure that you got like good snacks or a uh, lot of water a lot of people yeah. nicotine you know stuff is, like that is it the same uh like route every time so like you jump in like the same like coordinates every time or is it different depending yeah on- so that's something called jump run so pretty much a lot of people show up and they're just like, cool, like, where do we land? And, you know, we land at the airport. We wouldn't want to land anywhere else. A lot of people think that it's just kind of like fucking huck it and then just land wherever and figure <laughs> yeah, it out from there. Right. No, Walk it's back. Like, yeah, like, it's no, my house is that way. Carry, carry, your, <laughs> carry your parachute all the way back. Exactly. Yeah. With 50 pounds of gear, you wouldn't want to do that. But pretty much we, uh, we run something called jump run, which is the direction that the uh, plane flies in order to let out jumpers. So what that is, it's pretty much like those old military videos where the giant plane is going and you see like plop, plop, plop and little Mm -hmm. uh, round parachutes showing up. Mm -hmm. We do something like that where we pretty much fly into the wind. Um, There's different levels of wind all the way up to, you know, the stratosphere essentially. Uh, So we fly into the wind. So as we travel further away from the drop zone and once free falls over, we open up the parachute. We then have that wind to push us back to where we want to be. Um, so it's a matter of like holding into the wind, which is where you're flying into the wind or running with the wind where the wind is at your back and it's kind of sending you on your way. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, jump run varies on the regular. Um, it's usually set in the beginning of the day. If the winds are higher or lower, or if they change, we'll adjust it according to that. Right. Yeah. And if it's cloudy, then you guys just kind of call it off temporarily. Uh, yeah. So Depending on the cloud later, uh, we abide by FAA regulations. So federal is law. Um, and then we operate under USPA jurisdiction, which is a private organization. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, FAA is law. We can't intentionally punch clouds um, because okay. you know, the big sky theory sometimes fails. Like sometimes there's planes, uh, mostly in the United States where a lot of people have the access of getting their own private pilot's license. That's why it's restricted, but places like Europe or wherever else, um, Australia, New Zealand, they can pretty much go through any kind of, um, cloud conditions. And what does, uh, what do people who believe in the big sky theory think about those who believe in the little sky theory? Uh, I don't know that answer. I just kind of threw that, that metaphor out there. (laughs) Um, uh, Did you, you're in Texas, right? Did you say Dallas? Yes. I'm in, I'm in white, right, Texas. Right, Um, right. Yeah. Kind of a weird name for a town. Yeah. Um, Especially for Texas, probably not the best one, but yeah, we're about an hour North of Dallas, just underneath the Oklahoma state line. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Now, when was the first time you actually went skydiving? Uh, First time, actually, first time I went skydiving was five years ago as of maybe two, three weeks ago. Okay. Um, But that was just kind of like I did it once. And then, yeah, happy anniversary. I did it once. And then just kind of like let it sit on the back burner for about two years. I didn't fully 
pick up the sport until March you, of 2016. What'd you think That's of when it I the first time? got my license. Uh, it was, what was uh, it like? Do you remember or is it that you've done it so many times uh, that you don't even remember? Yeah, no, I absolutely remember the first yeah. time. The first time it was sensory overload. I mean, I um, I've never done it. Z, have you done it? I've done it one you time. Yeah. An airplane, yeah. Crazy that's, assholes. that's why I was bringing up the clouds. Cause I remember like, uh, Matt had talked me into doing it. And so we're waiting there and you're jacked up. Like you're, you committed to doing it. And then we had clouds come in. Uh, so then you're sitting yeah, there yeah, yeah. for two to three hours and all of a sudden <laughs> that adrenaline goes down and you're like, wait, what am I do doing? What? Yeah. yeah. And someone goes, all right, planes here. We're good to go. And you're just like, hang on. Never mind. I gotta... Are you already attached to the guy at that point? <laughs> no, not that. No. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was grabbing onto his leg. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so then you start getting on the on that plane, man. And then it's just like, I'm you shitting myself. You already paid myself. at that point? You already paid. Yeah, you're, you were sitting it. around and we were with the big crew, thank God. So mm-hmm. then you're just like, I can't like bitch out in front yeah. of all these I'll people. I'll see you guys on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's tough. Brian, yeah. what was it like but, for you? Is it similar or were you more, you know, courageous? Not as big? Um, <laughs> my first skydive was different. My brother was actually my instructor and oh, his girlfriend at the time took me up. So I didn't do a uh, traditional tandem progression. My first skydive was actually what we consider your cat A, your first solo jump, uh, where two instructors kind of hold on to you and you... Damn you know, perform in free fall and then you fly your own parachute. Uh, so yeah, I was like pinned Jeez. out for sure. I think I had like a little bit of reassurance cause I had watched my brother do it for like five years at this point and yeah. kind of knew that. I don't know. It's Is not that like, really insurance? I've watched a lot of people do a lot of things that I've never done yeah. myself. I mean, one yeah, of I mean, which like, would be like jumping relative. out of an airplane. Yeah. I mean, I watch WWE all the time, yeah. but yeah. am I actually going to do it? <laughs> No, for sure. I I think my perspective changed is what I should have said. Like, um, but yeah, for sure. In terms of like initial free fall, yeah, I shit the bed in terms of what I was supposed to do. Um, how was the parachute part? Were you blacked out? I don't know. I don't even remember. (laughs) How was so? Did you you land that that drunk? (laughs) No, I wasn't. No wonder your confidence was so high. Yeah. Yeah. Did you Um, land okay then? Yeah, yeah, landed fine. I mean, so in order to do your first free fall jump, you have to go through about seven to eight hours of what we call an FJC, a first jump course, um, where they teach you everything and anything that you need to know for your first couple of skydives. It's mm. essentially drinking water out of a fire hose because we just blast you with so much information. Right. But at Jesus. that point, you understand general free fall dynamics, also, also um, how to control your parachute. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, landing was fine. I mean, like it's it's usually never too bad. There are certain cases, um, but yeah, my in my case, yeah, I flared a little high. That flaring is like where you're um, pulling on two sets of strings to kind of stop the canopy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, flared a little high, buckled my knees into my face. But other than that, <laughs> so, I so can any too. can anybody take the route you took? Do those courses and then not do a tandem their first time? Uh, Yes, they yeah. can, depending on where they are. A lot of people generally don't like that um, because your first tandem is in order to in- introduce you yeah. uh, to free fall. And that mm-hmm. cannot necess- that doesn't go the same for everyone. Right. Um, it absolutely can be done if people are insistent enough. Eventually, instructors will be like, fuck it, fine. You want to see what happens? Go for it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there there still is a lot of training that goes into it. And it's not just like... 
you know, anyone can show up off the side of the street. No, you gotta like, you gotta schedule a first jump course. You gotta sit through the classroom training. And then on them, it's, it's up to the independent instructor deciding whether they're okay with jumping with you or not. You know, right. it's not like we're forced to jump with some of these people. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, they go, like, not that guy. No, no yeah. that guy's been here for six yeah. years. Nobody's letting this, that guy jump. This might be <laughs> like an ignorant question, but it, is there a more dangerous part of skydiving, like the free fall or the parachute? I'm sure it's probably Yeah, for sure. I mean, usually what I tell my students is anyone can fall through the sky, but not everyone can land a parachute. Right. Um, canopy is definitely the number one place where a lot of people either get uh, minorly injured or seriously injured. Yeah. And that's like the biggest part about skydiving is, sure, yeah, falling through the sky, it's easy. Gravity's doing the work. But in order to fly a parachute, there are some serious repercussions. I know. I'm pretty to, buoyant. I, yeah yeah exactly but like i mean like yeah you do something wrong under canopy and it, it can seriously hurt you yeah have you ever gotten injured in your uh, 1900 times you've jumped out of a no luckily i haven't i haven't gotten too injured at all wow um you just cut your hand before this podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's dangerous doing this podcast than jumping out of an airplane it seems uh, yeah honestly a lot of things are more dangerous than skydiving driving yeah. for one of them yes that's true. Yeah, That's true. driving is horrifying. Wow, so you've never really gotten injured from it then, other than I'm assuming maybe minor scrapes or something when you're... Yeah, you're you know, little bumps, bruises, yeah. that sort of thing. I've definitely mm. watched a lot of other people get hurt, but yeah. no, myself... Have you ever no. had a big scare? Oh, like uh, Terrifying yeah. For sure, yeah. I mean, like... That's like... It's like kind of like the most cliche question like people ask you like what's the craziest thing you've ever seen like fuck i see a lot of crazy stuff but like mm. it's kind of I like i tried to word it better than that did i do a better job than the cliche yeah, wait, Ryan, the I got a question. question. Yeah. what's the craziest thing what, you've ever yeah, seen what's the craziest thing you've done exactly and i was kind of ready for that because <laughs> everyone asked me you got it you got Dude, it you jump out of an airplane for a living you're gonna, yeah. get, you're gonna get that question i mean like i have to dull it down but like yeah. no i mean like unfortunate events or kind of things that go haywire are kind of ingrained into the sport. So I yeah. mean, when something chaotic or crazy does happen, it's not kind of like, Holy shit, that was crazy. It's kind yeah, of like, it's oh, you're like, you know, it's part of it, you know, right. it happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of the crazy stuff is usually like the people you encounter in the sport um, or um yeah, maybe just people, the way that people handle themselves. Other than that, like, you know, things in free fall happen for sure, especially when they're learning or things under parachute happen for sure yeah. to everyone. Um, so, yeah, really no crazy part. I mean, I could go into like multitude of things where that like did not make me sit right. And I'm just kind of like, holy shit. But yeah, things happen as part of the sport. Yeah. What, like it getting tangled or maybe like a hole popping up or it not just coming out right? Yeah. You know, there's there's 16 types of parachute malfunctions that we train students on. And, you know, some of them are bad lots. Some of them are hole in the parachute. Maybe some of them are broken lines, mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. Um, but like with the student program, we go over, we have 16 emergency procedures that we train them on before they jump uh, for right. the first time in the beginning of the day. Um, so for students, we kind of ingrain them in them just like, you know, kind of be ready and it's okay if it happens and some of them are fixable uh, some of them aren't um, just kind of teaching them how to handle it appropriately uh, right. to make it less crazy. Right. So I was thinking like, cause I've, I've just got to have one time and you know, honestly, if I never did it again, I would be okay with that. It was a blast <laughs> and I was riding, it was crazy. I was riding like a two week high after that. You're just like, Oh my God, I'm alive yeah. like after that. But what, cause you said it took about two years before then you decided to do it as like a career. What, 
I guess, what was it that made you want to pursue that? And why, what were you doing in that period of time while you were thinking about it? Um, well, the ultimate goal was actually not to work in skydiving, mm-hmm. but eventually it happened. So I did my college internship at Skydive New England. Um, okay. Kind of, uh, I worked in something called Manifest, which is kind of the office that puts together the plane loads, it, basically customer relations, taking payment, um, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not go to school for this. I didn't intend to work on it because I was like, I'm going to do something different than my brother. But mm-hmm. um, after I got out of school and um, ended up deciding not to use what my degree was specifically meant for. Mm-hmm. And after a certain injury, um, I actually found myself just, it was the only job available at the time where I was. And it was something that I was, you know, relatively familiar with. Right. Um, so yeah, I worked on the ground in skydiving for about two years. And then I ultimately started commercially jumping, like working as a profession only last June. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in the past year I've done, yeah, like close to like 1,200 skydives. So Man, most of those skydives are within the actually the last year. Wow. Right. And what yeah. was your what was your major at school? Uh, I studied something called Realm. It's recreation, adventure education, and leisure leisure management. Okay. Um. So pretty much, it's um. I usually just say adventure education. So facilitating learning experiences in adverse environments. Um, adverse being like a high ropes course or rock climbing Mm -hmm. or skiing. Like what can we take from our experience in this and translate it to our lives outside of the, uh, activities that we kind of like keep ourselves uh, occupied with. And then also, uh, business as a minor because why not? Ties Hmm. in with it. There you go. And so then what was the injury that happened? I blew my shoulder out climbing with some buddies in Zion. Um, that park is unbelievable. It is. It is. Where is Zion? It's a southern Utah, Utah. south oh, southwestern cool. Utah, just just outside of Las Vegas. Oh, wow. um, yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's like something out of fucking Disney World, but without mm. being at Disney World. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, I got a posterior dislocation on my right arm, mm. um, which is kind of like my my right shoulder went backwards. Um, usually it happens forwards, uh, but unfortunately I tore uh, like my rotor cuff. Yeah. Um, and at the time I was working as a whitewater guide in Moab, Utah, and mm. obviously with a shoulder injury in a ore raft. Um, That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Can't do that. Fly. So yeah. had to get surgery. And when I was sitting on the ground, uh, my good buddy, uh, Keith Macbeth, he runs Skydive Moab. And he, the guys that I lived with at the time as well also worked at Skydive Moab. And um, they hooked me up with a, a desk position there. So um, as much as I tried to avoid it, you know, life kind of ushered me in that direction. Yeah. yeah. Are and, you liking it though? You're like, oh, what, fuck you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love it. I mean, like yeah. it's the typical, it's not work when you love it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but sometimes, you're, you're, sometimes it gets old for sure. Yeah. 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 That'll happen with anything doing repetition like that. I was yeah. curious, how, did, how do you tear it climbing? So are you climbing with... Uh, what are they, the belays or like where you're hooking yourself in? Like triad climbing, like where you're placing pieces of equipment and moving upwards. Yeah. Yeah. I was, is that kind of climbing or? Yes. Yeah. 
So you, then, weren't, uh, you weren't free soloing? Is that what you're getting at, Zay? No, I'm definitely not free soloing. <laughs> I'm not Dean Potter. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Definitely not. I and, and eventually climbing actually scares the shit out of me now. I don't climb anymore. Yeah, I yeah, feel like scares climbing, the shit out of me. Climbing, yeah, climbing even with equipment is scary. I've, yeah. I've done much of it. I did some of it when I was younger because my uh, I had family in Arizona. Um, there's a little bit out there. But uh, so, how did you? Hurt your shoulder? Did yeah, you how'd you tear it? Was fall? your arm wedged in somewhere? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was uh, yeah, a mixture of those two. You guys are like detectives almost. Um, yeah. yeah so it we get was... that a lot. <laughs> we're, we're paid to ask these questions. Actually, we're not, but I wish we were. But... I had my right arm across my chest essentially, and um, I was going to move upwards and like a crack climb, and uh, yeah, my weight was just displaced slightly and fell a little bit it was just like a mixture uh, of just like kind of like a weird position yeah, and right. a fall and yeah just kind of came out that's right oh, yeah so how, then how do you get out of that yeah, once how high up on the up? wall were you i mean we weren't really that high it was like i don't know like a hundred oh so you're not like that. that good at climbing i mean 100 is feet <laughs> is pretty high like what so what do you do you just have to climb down at that point or do you have to climb to the top to uh, no, we just set up just like a pretty much just like a belay point from that position. We lost okay. a little bit of equipment uh, just because I was like, fuck it at that point. Right. Um, but yeah, no, ultimately I rolled my shoulder back in on its own within yeah. like, Yikes. I I rolled it in like within 20 seconds of it happening. Right. And it was yeah. kind of like, whoa, that was weird. Like I wasn't quite sure what like, it was, but it was kind of like, out of here. I know that it was a decent enough injury that it's kind of like, okay, that's done. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're like Brian, your arm's sticking out of your back. Yeah, no, it wasn't sticking out of my back. I got it back in, and we were just kind of like, "Cool, that's it for the day. Let's go, you know, swim at some hotel that we actually just kind of wandered ourselves into." Because oh, how was that? It was great. It was fantastic. Uh, Zion Springdale, uh, the town in Zion, is kind of unfortunate. It's kind of like like a super touristy town, so mm. everything's gated. You can't really go and use any of the amenities unless you're a hotel guest. So a lot of the culture of like living there just a lot breaking of people in places of, yeah exactly just take a dump like, in the pool sneak in and people are like oh what what room are you staying in you're oh, like oh, 772 yeah exactly you just throw something out there super confident and people, like once you're old enough like people are like kind of like fuck it I'm dude fine. yeah how well does confidence just get you out of any situation no it's, it's so... especially when you're older people uh-huh. are like either this guy is telling the truth or yeah, he's who just makes this so up shit. yeah who, who makes this kind of stuff up? we it's, haven't had a room 72 <laughs> in 54 years yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny um so when you when you were in that uh degree uh what what was like the dream job Cause you said it wasn't skydiving, right? You kind of got pushed into skydiving just circumstantially. Yeah. I wanted to work as a wilderness therapist. Oh, cool. Um, what does yeah, that involve? So, um, what is that? What involve? What, what, what does that mean? Oh, what does it involve? It's pretty much just working with at risk youth. Um, and kind of like getting them in a better situation by like, kind of like, uh, like outward bound. Type yeah, stuff? yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like mm-hmm. an outward bound, but mm-hmm. for kids that don't want to be there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, so, they want to be at outward bound. Th- no, no, they, they definitely don't want to be at, at home with their friends and doing like, you know, whatever illicit drugs right. that right. parents consider. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like outward bound. No, I've known no. a couple of people who were like, did that type of stuff when they were younger and they said totally changed their lives. Like Exactly. I, so that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. yeah. I've never met someone who, let's put it this way. I've never met, and I've met a couple of people who have done this. I've never met someone who didn't been like, that was bullshit. You know mm. what I mean? Like so, it, yeah. it always has like a very 
big impact on someone's life. And I'm sure most of them go in with that mindset. Oh so. yeah, a lot. I mean, in in this case, it sounds like in that and what you wanted to do, it is the case where like kids don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure, they get forced there, right. and usually like most fat of the time they're, which I they're never put there by like let my mom. Dooning, they call it. <laughs> Um, like pretty much these guys, they, it's an outside party that the parents hire, uh, to take these kids at like, say like three in the morning or something uh, dude, like that. That's like mm, a Dr. Phil no episode. Kidding. Exactly. So it's a little bit different than outward bound. Cause outward bounds like, woo, get like, on a bus. We're going to the Tetons. Like, no, like, it's we'll like, there's a dude your children, in your room at right, three in the morning. And although like, I think go. there are some Dang. kids on outward bound who don't want to be there, but this sounds way more involved yeah. than I, I, yeah. I didn't know. They just take them. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Um, I mean, like it's up to sometimes the parents are yeah, like, yeah. Hey, you're going there. And the kid's like, it's All obviously right, a fine. critical situation. But yeah. if the kid's like, no, they're like, well, you're going anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately want to work uh through that and like um when i graduated i moved out to uh colorado and lived with my sister and brother-in-law in in Vail for a couple months which was sweet just like kind of like depressed from uh decompressed from school and stuff like that yeah yeah yeah. um was a ski instructor for most of university and kind of like excelled in like the backcountry skiing so it was super cool going from like east ice coast uh weather to like deep powder in in colorado that was like super cool and then uh i got spoiled on that too my my uncle was a mayor of a town in colorado called silver Mm. plume and he literally was like the bartender and then people liked him so much they were like you should be the mayor of this little town (laughs) he was like all right in silver i thought you were just drunk it's called uh, silver plume i think is what it's called Oh, okay. I was gonna be like Silverton is like top notch skiing. Nah, uh, but this that's is like a real cool, ski yeah. town. Yeah, and he he was a ski instructor too. But going out like we would go out there for family trips, and when I was like you know not anywhere from like eight to like thirteen, and just the conditions out there for skiing are ridiculous. And then you come yeah, back to like the Poconos, and it's just ice. No matter yeah, like Jack no matter Jack's what, big boulder and, yeah, it's just awful. Right, unless it's you're just, getting up to Vermont. Yeah, Vermont's nice too, but no, there's nothing like Vail. Vail is no. crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. So that was like a really good kind of like shift before I tried starting to work at this one organization. And ultimately I went out there in February and they do like pretty much like a whole intro 10 days where you go and you kind of shadow uh, like live groups that are out there. And honestly, like by day five, they marketed the job as something else uh, Mm -hmm. than what it actually was. Um, It was mostly just a lot of, in my opinion, it was just isolating kids in the wilderness, not really exposing them to it. Like, you know, there's a lot of sitting around and like, sure, like teaching them how to make camp or cook over a fire, that sort of shit. But like, I feel like a lot of it has to also be like working the kids. Uh, right. These kids are, they're young and they, they have energy. So like, yeah. why not fucking walk them for miles? So they're tired and actually sleep at night rather than trying to run off into the desert at three in the morning. Cause they've been sitting around for days. Right. Like, so yeah, I actually bailed out of it my fifth day of training. I was like, I'm out. So went back to Vail and kind of reassessed my life and mm-hmm. obviously was like super lost. And I was like, fuck, what did I just do for the past four years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely. So yeah, I got a job as a whitewater guide in Moab instead and kind of moved there in March and kind of just went from there. Very cool. So how many, how many like of these like adventure wilderness jobs have you had because you've been a ski instructor you've done white water now you're sky is there anything else you've done besides those no no that's really it that's, mm-hmm. that's really awesome it. other than like 
like extracurricular activities like yeah i got like big into climbing yeah i tried ice climbing i'm not burly enough for that i'm very much like a scrawny kid um yeah skiing ice climbing sounds uh, terrifying yeah no you gotta kind of be a little bit muscly for that one yeah and uh yeah so it was pretty Which much I am, skiing, but... whitewater guide and and uh skydiving that's really all very mm. cool uh is you there know. any uh do you have any inclination to go back to you know the outward bound type stuff maybe find a better company maybe it was just that company yeah for sure definitely like maybe when i get older um and i'm not it like my body can't necessarily hack uh this position as much but Mm -hmm. like yeah rather than maybe outward bound or knoll something a little bit more established i I would like um i think i think also something that kind of deterred me away is like most of uh college i had spent time like already leading trips either multi-day or just single night or maybe not overnight at all i think a lot of what i needed at that time was like yeah, I just kind of want like a smash and grab personal experience and then kind of be able to sleep in my own bed at night. Okay. Um, so yeah, definitely something a little bit more stable and just kind of like, yeah, I don't really feel like sleeping in a tent anymore. I already did that for a couple of years. Like let's, you know, try the home yeah. life. Yeah. Something, something a little different. Yeah. And a little now, more permanent. now you're living in the hangar now, right? Yep. I live inside an airplane hangar. Yeah, that's so sweet. That's but sweet. it's it's different. Like people are probably like, "Oh, you sleep in a fucking next to a Cessna?" No, like there's it's like I don't even know what that is. It, it sounds cool. Plane. Yeah. Um, it's you know we have it's about like a sixty foot hangar and probably I don't know like two hundred feet wide or so. But on like the left facing side of it, there's actually three apartments. Um, one, the chief pilot and the head office lady. Uh, live in they're married conveniently um office that's lady like kind of like nice. a bigger yeah. apartment no that's and then, her name yeah no yeah <laughs> she sounds very nice just by her name office lady yeah uh paula um hey that's my mom's name oh yeah and She's then what is she doing there, what is she doing there's like man? another apartment on the side so i it's like a two bedroom it's got a washer dryer living room kitchen that sort of shit um so mm. i live there so, so it's pretty nice pimped out airplane so you like you live where you work. What's that like? Uh, pretty standard for the industry, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, most places uh, tend to have staff live on site, um, mostly at the bigger locations as well uh, mm-hmm. that jump year round. Um, Is there a not everyone has to live there, but like they they set it up for you to live here. Right. Are you uh, kind of like it's... on call during the day? Like yep, when? For sure. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I work five days out of the week. Um, Everyone is going to be on call Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, but then we have two teams that switch off between Monday, Tuesday working and then Wednesday, Thursday working. Uh, because it's very much like um, if the weather's not good at the moment, yeah. but it's going to clear in the afternoon, uh, they want people by uh, okay. just in case it's kind of like, hey, yeah. we got a chance. Let's let's go within the next 20 minutes. I don't yeah. want to incriminate you or anything, but have you ever been on call and like at the bar or something or no no <laughs> but even if that does happen you can be very we're a very open industry i mean like the manager will be like go fuck yourself but you can be like hey started drinking uh but like uh yeah usually they try and be better about uh, yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff like yo if you're on call yeah. like please don't drink like other people want to enjoy their lives too like just because you're sad and you hate yourself and, uh, <laughs> you get, like 10 in the morning that's what we want to cut you slack <laughs> yeah <laughs> figure it out um you said you actually uh even during all the covid stuff you said you guys actually had a spike in the amount of people who jumped this summer right 
Watch yeah. using, watch using yeah. COVID and oh, Spike, Spike together. Yeah, Dude. that's true. We, well, we shut down during the – like, so March 12th, you know, Trump was like, you know, we're shutting down. So it's like, cool. Like, you know, everyone's down with it at first. They're like, cool, this sounds really scary. Vacation. But then, like, after, like, a month and a half, people were like, okay, what the fuck? Like, yeah. you know, like, let's let's get going here. So eventually when we opened up on May 8th, um, people in Texas were really ready to get out of their houses. Um, okay. And – you know, I don't know anything about the economy or politics. I won't even act like I'm going to. But one thing that I have been quoted on a lot was that in most recent uh, recessions in the United States, we've seen uh, a lot of local recreation, um, mm-hmm. whether that could be skydiving, but in other terms, it would be like camping or Hiking. local climbing spots, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. like visiting a river and fishing and enjoying nature with dad or some shit like yeah, that. People yeah. realize For that us, people are like, there, I just spent like two months with my significant other mm. and I quite literally want to huck myself out of plane. So yeah, business, <laughs> yeah, business was, is, is definitely still up in terms of that. Um, like a, a far amount up yeah. Right? because people can't go as far. I mean, other States have different quarantine processing, especially right. in the beginning can't of all this. So, I mean, like why go to another state or go to the Bahamas and quarantine for two weeks when you can just drive an hour North of the city and, and jump Launch out of a yourself out of a plane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, it, it's like, it's, it's type B therapy. We, we say like, you know, type A you're mandated like you, you're psychotic, but type B like, you know, kind of like, uh, people come out here for different reasons. And, mm-hmm. um, like sometimes people just want to talk to someone that they don't know and mm-hmm. they experience something with. So like, um, sometimes people come out here for different reasons, divorce, maybe they were wasted the night before with a bunch of friends and they're like, let's go skydiving. That's what yeah, we're thinking. Or man, some people are out here just to like, hungover. yeah, they're just, they're just yeah, trying to conquer, like uh, conquer a fear. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I would not be able to do that hungover. No. I yeah, feel bad for the guy strapped to my back. I'll just throw up all yeah, in his face. In his mouth. Yes, and if you throw up on us, we throw up on you. No, you just roll over and then you start throwing up. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, if you're throwing he up, know what he's throwing doing. up to your face. Yeah. Um, have you ever done the bat suit or do you know anyone who has? The wingsuiting? The wingsuit, yeah. yeah have, you ever, like, have you ever dressed up as, as Batman, Batman just yeah. running around town in Texas? And everyone's like, I dress doing? up as Batman on the reg, yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, no, I have never wingsuited. Uh, mm-hmm. I know plenty of people do. That's kind mm-hmm. of like my brother's jam, actually. Oh, really? Um, do you have a reason for gets, not wingsuiting? Or I just, haven't, just haven't done it. I wasn't there yet. I haven't really. Yeah. I've advanced it in other. The thing about skydiving is there's so many different disciplines mm-hmm. um i just didn't find myself in that discipline and mm-hmm. i you know i've only been in it for so long really not that long that right now my my main priorities is work and canopy actually right. have, have uh, my ever... brother does the wingsuiting um and you know he does like the stuff where you get out of planes or to really jazz people up i tell him that he does proximity base jumping which is pretty much you jump off the cliffs with the wingsuits and you get within like two feet of the cliffside that sort of thing yeah like that is insane Brento or Lauterbrunn <laughs> and stuff like that um That's yeah nuts. no fuck that i'm not there yet but yeah <laughs> have you yeah. ever uh this might be like too advanced. I don't know. Like a halo jump or something? No, no, no. halo jumps. Uh, that's like that something you want to do. It's Zach. It's a high altitude, low opening, right? What I don't oh, know. Yeah, so that, that's exactly what halo is. Yeah, you're yeah. getting out at like twenty eight thousand feet. 
Honestly, the only reason why I don't want to do that is actually because I don't want to shave my mustache. Uh, you oh, actually you to, can't have you can't you have, have any to, facial hair. You have to have um, wear a mask, right? Like a exactly, oxygen mask. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tom Cruise has done it, dude. Tom Cruise is just on a different level, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's on some kind of level. <laughs> yeah, he is. Actually, he's kind of like a laughing stock of the entire sport. Um, I bet. Yeah, I think just, he's the laughing I mean, stock like, of a lot of stuff. But in the movie industry, he's cool, man. No actor does oh, that Oh, yeah. I mean, like, Tom Cruise is cool, but, like, honestly, like, he's some 100-jump wonder. That's yeah, got, yeah, 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 yeah. He's got fuck money that he can just be like, yo, I want to jump out at 30,000 feet in Hollywood's, like, sweet, right. we'll put it in a movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make a movie around that. No, exactly. That's basically what he does now. Really? Like he, no, it's it seems like it. it seems like he comes up with like crazy things he wants to do that aren't that crazy just because mm-hmm. it's you know he's an actor it's crazy he no, comes he's up the these... laughing stock of this sport for sure right that that makes total sense they're like tom that's just like mike three <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not letting you play in the nba you're yeah. gonna get destroyed oh, no i swear it'd be great <laughs> yeah trust me i've been working on my foul shot it does it does seem like that's what he does though have you ever heard the story of him uh them asking him to be in tropic thunder no. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, I know this one. Yeah, he said the only two things he wants, he's yeah. like, is to have big hands and to dance at the end, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, dude, that's, dude and, of course. And ben Stiller was like, no, and he was like, well, that's the only way I'm going to be in the movie. And he was like, like, no, we're not going to do that. And then he did it for him, like he had someone make big hands and he danced for Ben. And ben Stiller was like, yeah, that's got to be in the movie. <laughs> it's so Wait, weird, okay. uh, uh, dude. That's my man's just uh, yeah. favorite fun fact, actually. <laughs> but he also doesn't like Tom Cruise because he's a laughing stock of yeah, your sport. Tom Cruise is just a piece of shit. Ultimately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, hopefully he's yeah. listening to this, but like, he's probably he's not. Our, but, he's our captain. only listener. Yeah. yeah. If he does, sorry, bud, but you're not that cool. Tom Cruise and Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> hey, Mark Ruffalo's the man. He is a good guy. Just the name. Yeah. Um. I guess. Yeah. Um. So when you. So when you started going to school, like when did you start thinking you wanted to do this outdoorsy stuff? Were you doing that kind of stuff in high school? <laughs> no, actually not at all. I think like a majority of like my outdoor experience was actually like growing up in Jersey, Southern Jersey, where we're all from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just kind of like playing in the woods because that's what your parents made you do. They were like, get out of the house, go play in the woods. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Um, no, I was definitely not outdoorsy at all. Um I was definitely, I got sent to live with my aunt and uncle in eighth grade. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of got put up there and I was like very in, much in a social. New York. Yeah, I lived in uh, on Long Island in mm-hmm. Miller Place and I was very much a social recluse. Like, you know, played World of Warcraft for like, you know, every day, mm-hmm. all day until like junior year when I finally came out of my shell mm-hmm. and like, you know, coming out of my shell means like I'm like starting to drink and smoke weed and cigarettes and stuff like that. But like, um, yeah, it's a good shell to come yeah, out. That of. is, that's a good shell. Yeah, to check definitely out. a good shell to come <laughs> out of. Um, but yeah, so like, no, I wasn't really that outdoorsy. Mm-hmm. Um, how did I get into that school? I was actually over at my cousin's house in like a neighboring town, and mm-hmm. we were having super cool time. It, it was a land party for World of Warcraft. But nice. anyways, um woke up at like six in the morning and my uncle messaged me. He's like, yo, I'll be there. I'm picking you up for something. And he runs his own respiratory therapist business and I would help him like move oxygen tanks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, cool. He needs help, whatever. So I got in the car and we start driving and we get to like Queens. I'm like, cool. Inner city patient. Like what's up? What are we doing? And then like 
we're like going over the Tappan Zee Bridge and we're starting to go to northern New York. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And you like, realized you were we in a van with a bunch of children. They were actually getting dropped off for that. Yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> that that's what I was down. expecting. But then he was just like, yeah, we're going to check out a college for you. And college was never in my future. I mean, like, I don't even know what I thought I was going to do back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he just brought me up to Paul Smith's college in Saranac Lake, New York. And um, yeah, just kind of, he was just like, this is what you're going to study. And it was kind of up my alley. Like it was originally a family friend recommended the college for my brother Mm -hmm. uh, who lived up in the Adirondacks. And my, my brother, Jack, he was already up there and he was uh, an ice climbing guide for a local uh, outfitter. And, you know, I always expressed like high gratitude for him. I kind of wanted to be like Jack all my life. And Mm -hmm. um, like most fatherly figures um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, my uncle was just like, cool, like, you know, I think this college would be a good fit. It was a small college, old, like, all in all, I think it was, like, 1,200 people or something like that. Wow. Small school. It was essentially a camp on 1,600 acres of land. Hmm. The nearest town was 20 miles away. And he's like, what do you think about this? And I was like, sure, fuck it. And um, Paul really? Smith accepted so me. So you, you were just, like, you were pretty sold on it? Or were you yeah, just like, I mean, like, like what I, else am I doing? Like may as well. Like exactly. Yeah. I didn't have too much ambition. And eventually I think like most of what that wilderness therapy mindset came from was kind of like, Hey, like this kind of saved me in a dark right. time of need. Like maybe I can pass that on to other people. Cause right. um, the college was very outdoor based. I mean, like it's predominantly a forestry school, um, which uh, was actually really fun to learn about like dendrology the study of trees and mm-hmm. i mean who doesn't like to use a chainsaw from now now and then but mm-hmm. like um yeah it saved me so i kind of wanted to like hopefully pass it along to other people and yeah very cool mm-hmm. in a sense i still get to um not in the sense of like it's it's structured and you know you're here for a reason but it's kind of like here i still definitely give people learning experiences from um certain it's, it's absolutely a profound moment. It's one that everybody clearly remembers. We go out, you go skydive and you remember exactly yeah. that day. You remember yes. everything about that and how you felt afterwards too. It's it, it's almost like a, a refresher because it's just like, I mean, it doesn't even make sense why you're doing it. And it's just like, oh my God, like I'm alive. Like that's yeah. what being alive is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly, it. yeah. Did you, yeah. This, this might sound like a cheesy question, but did you have a mo? moment at that school where you were like oh i do kind of want to do like outdoorsy stuff for the rest of my life or did that just come yeah, pretty much like the, the first day yeah first you day right yeah, for sure yeah i mean like it so this is like the adirondack mountains in mm-hmm. northern new york and it's it's absolutely it's pristine wilderness it's actually yeah. um it's the largest park in the united states um it's a state park it's private and public land uh intertwined together but um, it's just you can't be there. Anyone that's yeah. been up to the Adirondacks, they understand that it's a super special and unique place, especially for New York. When people yeah, think easy that to New York is just yeah, people think that New York is just a concrete jungle, but there's actually a lot of history and and geography to it. And within my first couple like days up there, like you know, I was never really outgoing or anything like that. So the vibe suited it. It was small. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely wanted to like make myself interesting for you know like uh what is that called what is that Hmm. even called hold on give me a sec here 
Yeah, confidence. Oh, yeah. I want to make myself <laughs> confident. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, kind of get into something that um, enticed me a little did bit. You, so. uh, yeah. Did you ever think about being like a park ranger or anything like that? No, no, no definitely not. No, no. I'm sorry. Too square? I'm, mm-hmm. No, it's not too square. It's just too much work. You got to go to like law enforcement school and got to do criminal. No, I don't have time right. for that. Yeah. Um, and I also don't want to like write up the kids smoking a bong in Central Park sort of thing. Like, yeah. Right, because he found your bong? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to imagine being like a park ranger in like Yellowstone or even like the Adirondacks. He said it's like, you know, a state park too. That's got to be cool. Being a park oh, ranger in Central cool, Park is also yeah. super hard to get into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also didn't have that much ambition. I was kind of just like banking on like, cool, I think I can make it by in this, you know, right, 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 that right, sort right. of thing. And then. Uh, fortunately, I I found a path that, yeah, enticed me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's dope. Um, Zach, I'm seeing a a note here uh, about Star Wars. What is, <laughs> yeah. So and my so, brother. Yeah. What, so what is this? Um, Brian and I had lost touch for a little while, and then you would reach back out to me um, to to reconnect. Uh, which was awesome. It's been awesome just being in touch with you, even though we only get in contact every, you know, couple of times a year. It's been awesome reconnecting with you. But I have, I had a note here about when uh, we went to go see Star Wars with our other two buddies, uh, Harry and Howie. And so, uh, me and Howie decided to smoke in the car. And so we get high and we're just being like a little high weirdos and we're waiting in line to get popcorn at the movies. What Star Wars? Wars. The first, the first newest, newest newest one. This was Rogue One. I want to say. Oh, dude, it was Rogue One. Oh, Rogue One's awesome. Force Awakens is just. Okay. I was trying to think. I wasn't sure if it was the Force Awakens or Rogue One. Was it about Was it about Ray or was it about uh, them blowing no, this, up? The this Death was Star definitely again. Rogue One. I remember okay. specifically because oh, nice. it came out around Christmas time. Okay, That's like the best new yeah, one. Yeah, and made. Rogue One was a good one. But so we're just like waiting in line at the popcorn. And it's like we're high, so it's like time is stretching on for impossibly long. And me and how we both feel. I don't weird know what that's like standing there and. Uh, <laughs> And I remember at one point, like, Khan's older brother actually happened to walk by us. My, and I just, wait, yeah, my brother was yeah, there? Yeah, and I didn't say hey to him because oh, I didn't no. want to talk to him at all. Probably, I didn't want to talk to anybody. He probably had the same reaction. <laughs> yeah, it could have been, yeah. And so I remember at one point, we and Howie both just staring off, and Brian turns to us and goes, you guys look like you're rethinking your entire lives. And Howie goes, I am. <laughs> oh, no. And then we went and watched Rogue One. It was a sweet ass movie. Nice. Yeah, that was a really special time. No, Zach definitely. The Wait, this Oshie is after you guys reconnected. Right mm-hmm. This is after you guys reconnected. The Star Wars. Yeah. yeah this was yeah. yeah. So Zach you guys was just reconnected. Like OG, it was like, do you want to go like, see Star Wars with me? <laughs> yeah. No, Zach. That's Zach awesome. has always reached out. Like that's, that's what makes Zach a little bit different for the friend group that I had growing up. Like. Our brothers, our older brothers, were both friends growing up. So, mm. like, the moms were like, cool, this will be easy. Set the little kids up together, too. And then right. it's like a fucking headache release. But, mm. like, Zach was, like, the one dude that ever since elementary school, you know, yeah, we fell out of contact, I think, for high school when we were trying to, like, you know, stay cool and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, keep yeah, up with the ladies or whatever the fuck was going on back yeah, then. Zach was yeah, Zach really cool. In high school. Oh, so cool! <laughs> and yeah, Zach, uh, Zach just kind of keeps in touch, and yeah, I brag about him usually to other friends. Like, you know, not you don't have too many people from elementary school that you like really stay in contact yeah, with. Yeah, for but, sure. Like, yeah, Zach definitely made like a good effort. I actually do remember our reconnecting moment. 
I do. And it throws Zach under the bus here. Mm-hmm. Nice. We Go can for edit it. this out later. Nope. But <laughs> I don't know how to edit anything. So I came back in high school or something like that, like my senior year of high school. So I like hit up Zach because like I didn't know anyone back in Medford anymore. Or I wasn't comfortable hitting up anyone. So we got mm-hmm. together. It was me and my girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And we got together and we went to uh, Tamarack Lake. Mm-hmm. And we chilled underneath the bridge where yep. Zach and I, like, when we were younger, we would, like, kind of, like, rope ourselves across the iron beams mm-hmm. and, like, you know, yeah, do that sort of thing. Swing yourself across there, yeah. Exactly. And then we went back so to like my bridge place. Bridge to Terabithia stuff? Exactly. Yeah, almost. Yeah. And we went back to my place, and I live in, my mom lives now in, like, a condominium sort of thing, like, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. somewhere off Jackson Road. And he's laughing because he's embarrassed right now. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, was no. we smoked and Zach was like, "I'm totally good to drive." Oh, so, no. so he Tell drives me he, like drove back. around the block and then like came back. No, so here's the worst part: Zach drops us off at my house and it's like, mm. "Dude, I love you. We'll stay in contact." This that this that and the other thing yeah. and. No joke, 45 minutes went by. I, I am not fucking no, kidding. 45 no, no, no. minutes went by and Zach calls me. I'm like, yo, dude, did you get home? And you're, and he was just like, I'm lost. And I'm like, <laughs> and he's just like, I'm lost in your neighborhood. And I was like, have you faded out to the main street yet? And he's no. like, no, I don't know where I am. So pretty much we had to get Zach back to my house and I had to give him one direction. Make a right and then go straight. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this road is That's basically awesome. it's just the neighborhood like it's just right off the, the main road and yeah. it's basically there's one part that loops left in a little cul-de-sac <laughs> there and then you keep going straight and then there's another part that loops left into another cul-de-sac yeah. and then there's I think it was like a right and it's over towards like Brian's mom house, mom's house that was there and I kept going back and forth looping and then going back down and looping <laughs> for 45 and at that minutes. Point, like, in my high school career, I would definitely consider myself like a, a weed connoisseur. Like, you know, smoke just to keep myself like good and stable. Mm-hmm. And that's when I knew like Zach was like kind of like just getting into it or maybe he was like the yeah. typical suburban kid that like got stoned once and was right. like considered it like an acid yeah. trip or something but yeah zach getting <laughs> lost in my neighborhood for 45 minutes when it was only one turn was probably like Yo, peak of us getting back that's, that's, yeah that's, that's, absolutely because you, you saved my life you got me out of there that's just z dude on the way over here we're at his dad's office right now and he, <laughs> he turned in once didn't think it was the right place turned out drove down the road a little again turned around turned back in to the same place and goes no i think this is it and then no, no. And then no, and then yes, it was. We just had to it was uh, sense of direction it's a, it's a is not my strong suit. Yeah, it's, it's a reoccurring right. theme the with us. Zach. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I totally um, forgot about that. Yeah, that is hilarious. That's a good story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. I guess. Uh, um, is there any advice that you would give to somebody who's who was kind of in your position when you know? I guess you were around in high school or maybe in early on in college when you're trying to figure out what you want to do and maybe they're starting to look into this kind of outdoorsy adventurous field is there any advice you'd kind of give to somebody who's just kind of trying to find their direction and thinks like oh maybe this is something i could do where it's like i'm you know want to do something where i'm where i'm outside and i'm doing something you know uh yeah i mean i would suggest it especially like in the day and age that we live in like where I think me and you actually had this conversation on our 
like last phone call like a month ago mm-hmm. um where like now like we're living in like a super chaotic society where you know everything's very interconnected with technology and um sometimes it can be really confusing and overwhelming and maybe you um don't know what's true or maybe certain ideas give you anxiety which is like totally normal make sure you're getting into it for the right reason like you know yeah. make sure you understand the importance of like getting out in nature and kind of disconnecting from your phone or not checking your facebook or don't get into outdoor shit to take pictures and put mm. it on your instagram i hate that <sighs> like, yeah People go on a fucking hike in the Pine Barrens on like Jackson Road and they're like, oh my God, nature. Like, no, (laughs) gasoline everywhere, probably a wrecked car somewhere. Like, no, like go somewhere cool. Like, that's like a good introductory, but like get into it to get away from everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like, especially in a world where we're so connected to each other, um, make sure like you're connecting with yourself. That is like so namaste, but like, yeah, yeah definitely like get better to like be comfortable with yourself. It's so easy to use technology as a distraction now. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I think I like, I watched this documentary the other day. How Social savvy dilemma. does that sound? Yes. Yes. Holy fantastic, shit. dude. So we watched I haven't, br- that. I haven't brought myself to watch it yet because of how connected I am to my phone. I know it's just probably going to make me freak yeah, out. Yeah, it'll make yeah. you feel like a sack of shit for sure. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I already absolutely. feel like a sack of shit, Brian. Yeah. I don't want to feel like more like a sack of shit. It's good. But, it's it, it's good. It's something that I think everyone know, should at everyone least be aware of. I don't know if people dude. keep telling me to watch it because like they notice how connected I am to my phone or if it's just like the thing to watch. It's, it's, I think anyone around our age and younger should definitely watch it. Yeah. I mean like the dude said himself, he's just like the phone is essentially a pacifier. Like the second that we feel lonely or overwhelmed or bored, you can just open it up and suddenly feel, you know, like you're surrounded by people or you're comforted. Like, Damn no, it. like try and stray mm. away from that because like I, you know, whatever, fuck politics. But, um, with all this stuff that's recently going on, a lot yeah. of people are really either upset or happy right now, or they're confused because they don't know what's going on. Like mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. going on social media now is super overwhelming. Cause I mm-hmm. see people throwing out like really heavy opinions that it's like, do I want to consider that? Like, should I be listening to this yeah, person? Such a like, radical. No, like, yeah. It's so radical now, whether it's radical left, radical right or centrist, like whatever, I don't care. But just like put your phone away, like go outside, learn about like your local ecosystems, especially Jersey people. So underestimate Jersey. Like if mm-hmm. you're out there, you got so many cool places that you can go right now. You got like the Pine Barrens, you got Cape May, Cape May is renowned for birding, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, you got the Pygmy Pine Forest, which is down in near Cape May as well. We got the LBI, you know, the shore, you know, you got the Poconos. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, PA is not All that these far. things are within total reach of you guys. And like, you know, go out there and, and enjoy it because ultimately the phone doesn't matter in the long run. It's kind of like the earth that's running the big show right now. And you should go out and enjoy it because like everywhere has its own special place. Even Texas, surprisingly. But um, yeah, go Texas. out and, and enjoy Texas it. And you had, awesome. you had told me that and I basically just I teed to to off Texas. on like three hikes in a row. 
Um, yeah, and I saw you went you up to like Vermont and stuff like that. You went yeah. up to Vermont. You went up to. And that's the other creepy thing about technology. I don't even have to talk to any of you guys. I know what you're doing, anyways. Yeah. That's why high school <laughs> reunions kind of suck. They're like, "What have you been up to?" Actually, never mind. I Actually, know no, exactly never mind. I knew all doing. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How <laughs> was that trip to Vermont? Wait, what? You knew about that trip to Vermont? But exactly. I, was, I was telling uh, uh, Connor on the way over here because I went to the Poconos with some of my friends, and it was for Halloween weekend. And uh, we went and like, you know, some people like were dressing up in costumes and I showed up late. <laughs> and so I show up at 7 p.m. on Friday. I assume people are wearing costumes. So I put my costume on. It's it all was Halloween, white. by the way. It was Halloween. Yeah. And it was all white Adidas jumpsuit. I slicked my hair back and I had grown out a beard that last month and a half. So Ew. I was just like, oh, screw it. I'll just shave it into a goatee. Right. And I was like, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to be, but you get it. I'm like yeah. some like kind of monster. Not, your, not yourself. Or yeah, exactly. Like so I got my chest hair hanging out of the tracksuit and I walk inside and I see one of my uh, girlfriends and she said, she's like, oh, hey, Zach. Like she's not wearing a costume, kind of looking at me sort of weird. We say what's up and she leaves. And then I go into the kitchen. There's like eight people hanging out there. None of them are wearing costumes. So I'm the only one wearing this costume. I got a goatee, chest hair hanging out, and an all-white tracksuit. And everybody's just like, oh, what's up, dude? Like, what's going on? And the, But they're giving me like a weird half-and-half half kind of thing where like they're not sure if I'm in a costume or they're not sure if this is just me now because a lot of these people hadn't seen me in like a year or so. Oh, and I had to just keep addressing it to everybody just over and over probably about like eight times. By the way, times. I'm in a costume. Costume. This is this not is No, me. you should have just rocked it with confidence and been like, this is who I am now. And people would be totally intimidated. They'd be like, wow, that guy is very confident. Holy yeah. shit. He went, he went for, he's going for the goatee. Wow. Yeah. Props to this guy. Exactly. Yeah. Just rock anything with confidence. I seriously had a goatee for a little while. It was uh, not something I'm very proud <laughs> well, of. Well, now you got the mustache going on. I do. I do. Oh, jeez. Welcome to the club, bud. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've been rocking that mustache for a while there, right? <laughs> Yeah, like five years. It's my security blanket. Yeah, I think the last time I saw you, you had a mustache. Yeah, yeah. I hide behind it with everything yeah. in my life. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm there too with you now. It's comforting. It's really good. Yeah. I, I did yeah. like my beard, though. I, I, I feel lost without it, so I'm growing it back. I'm trying to look is there us? Oh, are there any... Uh... Are there any books or quotes or sort of like philosophies you kind of live by? <laughs> <laughs> philosophy sounds like a big world, like uh, like a big concept, but it, you get what I'm saying? Like sort it's of like just, such, just like a But it's motto. such a big question that you just like casually ask. So like, yeah. what do you so, like live by, yeah, man? So like, what's the, what's, uh, so like, what's the point of your life the, anyway? Yeah, dude? what's the nexus of <laughs> your universe? <laughs> no, but I mean, are there, they'll start with, are there like any books or <laughs> let me ask like i got a, I got a good all question right, right. in the similar vein like i'm sure we all have you know down times hard times low times in our life is there anything in those type of times that you know you fall back on thank you yeah you're welcome oh like are we talking about like comfort not just, shit not just oh. not comfort shit but just like we all, like I said, we all have low points in our life, our career, whatever it is, and you know, where we, you know, you're beating yourself up, or you're just piling stuff on that you don't need to pile on. Like, is there anything you fall back on that you tell yourself in the, like, what do you tell yourself in those type of moments? Oh man, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna start off with Zach's uh, 
Books? Sort of yeah, like, there we fall, go. Back to books. He goes. Back he goes. Berenstein Bears. All of them. <laughs> yes, Berenstein Bears. I Magic think Treehouse. Is that what you're about to say? My favorite quote, probably that keeps me going, mm-hmm. um, came from my brother, and it's "Gangsters go hard, but gangsters also chill hard." So, okay. <laughs> in terms, right. in terms of work, I show up whether it's my day to work or not. And sometimes it can be very exhausting because especially in the industry that we work in, it, it demands a lot out of you. Yeah. And like skydiving, it doesn't sound very active. Dude, it's like the fucking CrossFit of sports where like you use muscles that you don't even know existed. Right. Yeah. That and makes then sense. you get done at the end of the day. Yeah, we went horseback it, riding once and used muscles. We never used exactly, that. Exactly. So yeah. It's like you <laughs> yeah, would never <laughs> think about it, but you get done at the end of the day. You're like, holy shit, I'm out of shape. Yeah. But, and I love horses. Yeah. So I love... <laughs> I love that. And it keeps me in check because it's like, oh, I don't want to take a day off. Like, you know, I want to go in and like, you know, have fun, but also reminding yourself like, yo, your body needs rest. Like mm-hmm. yeah. chill out a little bit. And, um, and you're book, a gangster. Right. Yes. Yeah. Also, you're, everyone is their own gangster. Uh-huh. You're yeah. killing it in life. Fuck the system. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite book would probably be in praise of slowness. And this is like, mm. It's a book in terms of like taking everything slow and whether that's cooking, working out, uh, working, like having sex, like that sort of stuff, Mm. like take it slow, like enjoy everything slow. Like everything can be benefited by challenging the cult of speed, like, Mm -hmm. which is like kind of like the, uh, the book's narrative. Um, because in a world where everything is chaotically fast, if you just slow down a little bit, it helps you so much. (laughs) Um, in What's terms of what I, I thought thought you were applying that to the sex part. <laughs> oh, well, that too. I just meant like TikToks. Oh, yeah, and, dude. And sex takes slow. Focus on the other person. Don't be so selfish. All right. Um, okay, fine. <laughs> um, Jeez, I'm yeah, you sound like my dad. In terms of what I... <laughs> what? It's what were you asking, Connor? What do I fall back on? No, I just mean like, is there anything Think like... I mean, he asked, what do you live by? I thought that was, you know, kind of a casual way to ask a serious question. But like, is is there... I mean, I guess that quote might be what you live by. Yeah, gangsters go hard. I mean, like, I could be like a suburban mom and be like, live, laugh, love, you know, enjoy your life to the fullest. Yeah, Um, I mean, that, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, no, definitely enjoy what you do. Um, Like, if pulling in bills and taking big vacations is what you want to do, like, that's sick. Nothing wrong Um, with it. If you want to just enjoy your job, kind of like uh, I do, unless, like, you know, like, bookmaking is your job and you really like uh you know accounting and shit like that like cool Mm -hmm. that's cool too no definitely just like enjoy yourself i mean like there's all sorts of memes out there that's like you know like work yourself to the grave like that's kind of depressing lol and then like everyone laughs but in their mind they're like holy shit it's kind of true yeah that's what Um, i'm doing right yeah Um, exactly no just enjoy what you're doing um like don't be afraid just to and this is so easy for me to say, but like, yeah, like, don't be afraid to quit your job and make, you know, don't be afraid to jump out of a plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. go jump out of a plane. Yeah. Go find like a new hobby that you've never tried, or like, I don't know. I I've always been and still am so scared of other people's judgment, but like, you know, like, fuck everyone else. Like, yeah, do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Go and do something. Yeah, that that's definitely a big hurdle to get over. Yeah, um, and do you yeah. is would you describe um, skydiving and being a skydiving instructor as your passion. Do you have anything else that you would describe as your so, so like, are you making a career out of your passion or is skydiving just something that you love and you have something else that is a passion? 
No, I'm I'm in this for the long haul as awesome. much as possible. Like honestly, like kind of the one thing that's confidence building for me right now, like finding myself in the position that I am as a lead instructor right now, it it makes me feel really good about myself. I work right, because you're one of the here. you're like the youngest one there too. I am one of the youngest people here. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't start skydiving until they're in, at least in their mid twenties to early thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I and work you're around 14. people. <laughs> yeah. Did you say 14? I, I said 13. <laughs> oh, close. No, yeah, close to. I, I have the mentality of a 13 year old, I guess. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't um, we all? Yeah, no, I worked hard to get here. And um, I, I'm super passionate about this because it, it gives me a release like no other. I mean, like, yeah. A, you're able to fly a canopy. And especially the type of canopy that you get to fly when you get more experience or if that's what you're into, like being able to fly a piece of nylon and you're just attached to a bunch of strings on it. Like it is something on like, yeah. And like when I take tandems up, it never gets old because I'm able to sit under canopy with them and let them kind of control the parachute a little bit and be like, dude, check this out right now. Like just kind of grasp the situation that you are floating at 3000 feet with a strange man attached to your back. And this is your life. And they're like, okay, weird. (laughs) Um, You, you kind of described, I think you did earlier yourself as a little like reclusive um, and not too outgoing, but but it sounds like, Maybe in the job you're in now, you have to be a little more outgoing. Would you describe yourself more of a people person now than than you were no. before? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I think I, I'm like very upfront about like my awkwardness. Um, skydiving is like Just the laid one out for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Like, yo, look, I'm really uncomfortable right now. I'm going to strap you to me and we're just going to have some fun. (laughs) They're like, yeah, but you're uncomfortable because you just walked into the room naked just to say that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I like I'd like to think that skydiving is like my one outlet to express myself, you know, Mm -hmm. like kind of like a a peacock that shows his colors there. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. It's something that I'm like truly passionate about. And like working with students is like one of the most rewarding things ever because skydiving is so hard to teach because you're teaching someone how to interact with something that they cannot see. You can't see air, but air is air and gravity are the two things that propel the sport. Mm -hmm. So when you see someone get over that mental barrier and however they figure out to learn it, whether it's reading a book or imagining air is water or looking at how their canopy actually works when they manipulate it. When you see them cross that threshold and you see it finally click and their smile comes on and they're relaxed and they're up there and they're doing it like that is, it's so much better than the jump itself Mm -hmm. because like some people do some of these people, like some people get into it because they want to be the cool dude on Instagram. Some people do it because they just got to have one of the worst situations of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see someone starting to get this and you see them come out and after they have their license and all that, it's it's like one of the most rewarding things ever. Yeah, That's awesome. absolutely. It has to be. But very at the validated. same point, like there's a fine line of like some people can't do this. And like, that's yeah. like the other part that <laughs> yeah. sucks. Like yeah. um, some people get balls deep in a program and uh, they're not getting it. And how you do you, can, yeah. How do you tell somebody that? Yeah. That's called the bowling talk. You like, it's you, called uh, what? The bowling talk. Like, I Hey, just, like 
maybe go bowling? <laughs> yeah. Or are you literally suck at bowling? Right there. Really? No, Zach, really? Zach really? just said it. Like, maybe go bowling. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, my yeah. God. That's a great, um, that's kind of a great insult, too. I'm going to start using that. Yeah. Um, Dude, just go bowling. Well, because, like, you know, like, not only are they putting them themselves in danger, like, they, they are, like, quite literally, like, a threat to everyone else. Right. Um, and after, like, a certain time, um, you know, a lot of money goes into the sport, just like a lot of other things in the world. But mm. this not only involves money and your personal well-being, but others' well-beings as well. If you're mm. putting an instructor at danger, you're putting other people at danger. Yeah, like I haven't had to have the conversation yet. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely grounded a couple of people and said you can't come back. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there are times in the industry where you need to tell the person, like, yo. Like, you know, nice. that, that was a good effort, but unfortunately, like, this isn't for anyone. And right now it looks like you were just kind of forcing this to be something mm. um, that you just can't. Have do. you guys been trained or or what are the telltale signs of somebody who's just not cut out to it? Other than maybe just a hunch. You're like, this guy's, you know, yeah, just like general <laughs> hunch. Um, there's some weird people in the world and there are no. some weird people in the industry. No. Um, but like it, it gets like under like a microscope here. Mm-hmm. Like we're teaching people very specific niche stuff that is absolutely useless in the real world. But um, yeah, after eventually, like if they cannot fly a canopy safely, mm-hmm. um, if they cannot uh, grasp like a certain free fall technique, um, the easy way of getting them out of it, which they do on their own, is they break themselves. Um, and that's kind of like a tall tale sign, like, oh, nope, this wasn't for you. What's that? Um, they just uh, crumble. Break, yeah, like they break something. Like, oh, uh, physically like break their themselves? legs. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like they break their spirit. No, no. It's like, oh, yeah, you're bleeding out. Hey, by the way, the ambulance is on the way, but you're not doing this anymore. (laughs) No, but like... Why don't you go bowling? (laughs) No, some of those people will come back. Uh, Sometimes it's just a freak accident, but sometimes... I went bowling. I'm not good at that either. (laughs) (laughs) Because I suck at both. I have to be good at this. Yes, and I like this better. Yeah. No, but some people will try and force it, for sure. They will. Um... But yeah, sometimes people get a nasty break and it wasn't meant to happen to them. You know, freak things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes when we're just kind of like, eventually, and this sounds fucked up, hopefully my manager's not listening. You're just kind mm-hmm. of like, fuck it, let's give it a shot. And uh, you give it a shot and then they break themselves and you're like, well. Maybe we should have gave it a shot. Yeah, signed a waiver, you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever, you're still breathing. Um, yeah. Barely, yeah. but you're yeah. still. Yeah, sometimes... Yeah, I don't honestly I don't know. That's so you were talking about kind of vetting people for that and I remember when you're you were telling me when you're interviewing people you look for them to have hobbies outside of what they do too, right? Could you elaborate yeah. on on why you look for that? Um well like make sure they're not crazy. Yeah, make sure that they're not crazy. I mean like oh god how many people actually listen to this podcast? Like, uh, they- I mean, if you, uh, oh, you can skip it too. If, if oh, yeah, um, if you it's listen, fine. if if we put this podcast out and you listen to it, we'll have a total of one person who has listened to it. <laughs> okay, perfect. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, so pretty much, you want people to have hobbies outside of this industry, just because, like, anything else in the world, you want people to not just be so so focused on one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good for people to take care of their bodies because it's. Um, 
it's very much like uh, it's CrossFit in the sense that I said that like you're using muscles. You want people to be flexible. You want them to work out so they can uh, get the chicks and take hard hits. Um, you know, your other motto you live by. Yeah. Yes. The yeah, second, exactly. the second line so in the gangster's gangsta. testament. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you also you- want other people to have hobbies because sometimes if you just get stuck on this sport, um, it's yeah, I was, no I was longer gonna ask, enticing. I don't know if it's like of a, a derogatory term, like in your field of work, but like you don't want someone who's like too much of an adrenaline junkie, right? You don't want somebody who's like pushing. No, the no, no. That's fine. You can be an mm. adrenaline junkie all you want. You just don't but want there is them a to line, get so right? wa- like you no. know. You, no, there's no line. Push it to the max. <laughs> the mean, third line uh, of the gangster. The gangster. People, <laughs> yeah, fucking gangster life. Uh, people can push it as much as they want as as long as they're being safe. Right. Well, um, that I guess that's what I'm getting at because there are people who are adrenaline junkies who. Are pushing like the envelope of not being. You mean safe. Re- like reckless adrenaline junkies? Like oh yeah, dude. If you're getting someone that's like fucking Sergeant Send It and they're pulling dirty, <laughs> and, like, Sergeant Send It, that's and great. just like going to hurt people. Yeah, fuck no. Shut it down. Mm. You're not doing this. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you go bowling? <laughs> but yeah, like you know, mostly the other hobbies is just kind of like making sure that people are just taking care of themselves. Because if you don't take mm-hmm. care of yourself, um, outside of any job, mm-hmm. uh. Yeah, you're probably not doing so hot in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because you know this is a fun job, but it can be very taxing. And if you're not uh, relieving that stress in the right ways, yeah, you're not going to be a good instructor. You're not going to be really fit to do anything that we want you to do. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, like people drink a lot. Mm. Don't. Yeah. Try not. Who to doesn't? Drink so much. It's across the board. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Yeah. Probably that. I don't know. Just um, have other hobbies. Don't be boring. Take care yeah. of yourself. Don't What's the craziest person. hobby you've heard from someone in asking? Craziest hobby? Yeah. Did anything like jump out at you? Oh, right. Like the second that you said that, when people put those fucking hooks through their shoulder blades and hang from them, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, like, yeah, this is what we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> oh. like, in the movies, yeah, but I've never met someone who's Wait, actually. You mean like Batman? I know, I know like, <laughs> dress up like that have done that. What? Yeah, it's just like kind of like. Wait, so no, explain it. Pretty sure I only saw one guy do that, and he was in the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah, you talking about like David Blaine? What? what Yeah, no, like not David Blaine because there's no magic. This is just a fucking hook in your shoulder. No, there's no magic with David Blaine. (laughs) No magic in that. Um, yeah, no, I know like three people that have done it. I don't, it's just random conversation too. Why? Wait, wait so what dude, is this? I need you to break it down yeah, for me. Yeah, me too. I Cause dude, I don't know what it is. I mean like what, <laughs> what do like, you, what are they describing? What is, I don't, you say hook in the shoulder. Yeah. Cause when, some, cause when someone describes a hobby, they actually, they, they're like trying to sell it to you. They're, yeah. they're telling you why they love it so much. So yeah. What because did, they're like, you don't feel pain. It's super relaxing. It's like, I think it's <laughs> you like don't a feel sadistic pain. acupuncture. Like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like the hooks are huge. They're like the from it's from like a, tip to the actual shaft of the hook. I think it's like a couple inches, but pretty much they mm. take the fatty part uh, right behind your your uh, your shoulder blades. Yeah, and you know what I'm talking about? No, I've never heard of this before. This I mean, I know about that spot behind your shoulder blades. I have a lot of fat there, but I, I've, yeah. never, I've never thought about <laughs> so sticking a hook in there and May as well throw yourself into the ocean, see if you can get a shark. <laughs> Yeah, don't Steve-o. just hang themselves from it. It's really, it's fucking, yeah. I, I, well, I so hanging, like, just, uh, like, I don't know, like, hanging in a closet or, like, hanging <laughs> off a bridge? like No, like, it's like. In their house? 
in a gymnasium or something like that. Is, and like is there like, like a swing from what a planet fitness? Know. I'm just going to see some guy hanging with a couple of hooks. <laughs> is there, is there like not. a licensed like nurse or practitioner that is putting these hooks in them or is it just like their buddy like try not to hit try not to hit any bones by the way guys next to the pizza we got those new hooks up there if you want to try those out (laughs) you want to pierce yourself with those good god no it's just average people that just no it is you can't say that i've never met an average person maybe i'm not meeting the right people but i've I've never met an average person they heard a bowling All this talk about bowling just makes me want to go bowling. Or at least watch like Big Lebowski or something. (laughs) Dude, that is, yeah, that's that's crazy. I hadn't heard of that before. That's the answer I wanted. I thought you were going to say like they play a lot of Parcheesi or something, but. No, no. That's just something really out there. Other Mm, weird hobbies? No, I don't really have too much. I mean, Mm. like that kind of. Do you have any hobbies besides uh, outdoorsy stuff? No. 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 You tell me you can not a bit now. You're not that well rounded of a person. No, no. I mean, I'm very <laughs> mediocre in a lot of senses. I'm just a regular guy just making it by. I there just want to lay low. Yeah. <laughs> what did you yeah. say, Zach? I said you get, you've been getting into cooking lately. Oh, no. I've been, I mean, I've been cooking for like years now. I've, yeah. I've, I consider myself actually a very well uh, I love cooking. Shaped. Yeah. Cooking is super impressive. Relaxing. And like, yeah. And I think like that's kind of like what distinguishes you from being like, you know, like a fucking frat boy from like an adult, like, you know, like, yeah, sure. Like Stop you can have making ramen you can have friends and, over and be like, yeah, we'll order some pizzas or like you have some friends over and you're like, yo, let's cook a dope meal and yeah. just chill out together and enjoy some good food. Yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you ever been, I have moments where like I'm cooking and like, I would call myself a de- decent cook, but like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, like, yeah, you should be a cook. And I'm like, have you ever no. thought about being a cook? Do you know what a cook's no. life is? Cooks no, show up at the restaurant horrible. hours and hours, like at 5 a.m. for a dinner service, and they start chopping onions and chopping everything. That's all you do. Yeah. You're a chop master mm-hmm. when you're a cook. And then you don't just, really you're cook just anything. ripping butts in the back of the restaurant. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. want to yeah. 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 be that sad cook. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. 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 Late nights. Yeah. I mean, God bless all the cooks because I like eating out, but for sure, I could not do it. Bless the cooks. Shout out to the real ones, but no, I definitely wouldn't be one. Yeah, no, too sad. but I love I, cooking. Is like a relaxing thing for me. I don't. I, it I, is. I wouldn't want to make it like a, right a job. And you know and, I mean? a, and especially if you just send it out there, you're like, I fucking nailed this, and then you yeah. just get some asshole who just like send it back. It's a little, it's a little yeah. sweet for me. Yeah, it's a sweet for me. I'll show you yeah. something sweet. Yeah, there's no sugar in that <laughs> shit. Yeah, I'll put some sugar yeah. in it for you. And it's impressive to other people. Like, I mean, like you yes. have someone over, yeah. and like, dude, the other day, my parents are impressed um, with it. <laughs> we had yeah. me and my girlfriend. We had people over for dinner, and like, you know, sometimes you're bored, and like, um, you know, like I hang out with like older people. Like I said, like most of the people that work in the industry are like in their mid thirty or like. Yeah, early 30s, late yeah. 40s, like that's super sort of old. Mm. So, like, so old, yeah. Dude, but, like, they'll oh come over God. and they're like, fuck Basically yeah, you're like, retirement home. Yeah. When you tell someone, like, yo, I'm going to make beef Wellington, like, mm. they're like, what's up? <laughs> like, that sounds pretty intimidating. And then, like, when you pull it off, you're like, cool, that was fun. It tasted yeah. fucking weird, but, like, that was still cool. We have a, mm-hmm. we have a pretty good beef Wellington story, if, if, you'll, if you'll let me tell this story. Yeah, we were, we were, it down. <laughs> We were on, uh, do you remember who Andrew Fryer, remember Andrew Fryer, that name? We were on his bachelor trip in Las Vegas and his uh, brother, we wanted to like have a fancy dinner at like a high end Las Vegas restaurant. So his brother booked us 
a reservation at uh, Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, Hell's Kitchen Gordon in Pizza. Vegas. <laughs> and we, uh, but it was at like eleven o'clock at night was the only only opening we could get for so dinner. Yeah, for dinner. Mm. So we were like, all right, whatever. Like we'll party all day, party all night, and then just go eat dinner. This is right before COVID hit. This right, is yeah, the, we were, the weekend before, lucky, like it really was like, be, oh, like we came. I came back in the airport, and it was like something terrible masks. has happened. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. wearing masks. We're like, what's going on? <laughs> we're still hungover from this bachelor weekend. But so, so we we you know out all day gambling all night and then you know it's right it's connected to i think it's connected to caesar's mm. it, i think it's connected to caesar's palace so like you walk outside and you walk into hell's kitchen and their big thing there is the beef wellington so our one friend i don't know if you remember ryan rule but he's talking about it all weekend he's like i'm gonna get the, get the beef wellington i can't wait to get the beef wellington like my girlfriend has told me to get the beef wellington i've heard all this stuff about the beef wellington i'm gonna get the beef wellington we're like that's great dude like we might get the beef wellington too so he, we hear him order the beef wellington. I'll remind you, it's eleven o'clock at night at this point. We're been drinking all day, partying all day. We hear him order the beef wellington. Everyone gets their food. We're all excited. We're eating. We're eating, and he's like, "Oh my god, this is the best thing." This beef wellington was so good. Oh, I fucking love this beef wellington. It's amazing. We're like, "Great, great, great." The next morning, we wake up, and he like sent a Snapchat to everybody. It was a filet, and he even said filet on his Snapchat, like, best filet I've ever had. And he woke up that morning going, that beef wellington. We were like, dude, we just saw the snap. You didn't even have a beef wellington. You had a fucking filet. Oh, my God. That weekend was so crazy. By the way, Mariah Carey walked in, like, five minutes after Ryan finished his not beef wellington, but a filet. Looking fine. Right after a show. Sat at the table right over Mariah there. Carey, yep. wow. That's fancy. And we were all gawking at her so much that she got up from her table and switched to the other side of the table. And so she right wasn't, next to Connor. <laughs> no, so she That's wasn't, impressive. So she wasn't facing us, so she couldn't <laughs> you, see us staring you, at her. You've officially creeped out Mariah Carey. Yeah. 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 She That's knows good. my face. She doesn't know my name, but she knows my face. Dude, activities before the Rona. What a different time. I remember- What a different life. This was like right before the country got shut down. I think me and my Canadian buddies that were down here and my girlfriend at the time, we went out to this like cidercade. Like that's the new thing now. Like what? they have oh. like pinball. You know okay. what I mean? Arcade. Like, yeah, that's like a cider. All right. Yeah. We can exactly. Buy so, you know, everyone's hinting at like COVID-19 like and oh, we're okay, like- okay, okay, okay sure whatever like we're going to the cidercade so we we're out there you're talking like it's a barcade that's like cider beers right yeah yeah exactly it's called bishop cider brewing in dallas texas it's fucking sweet um so we went out and we're enjoying it that sort of thing there's like hundreds of people around us we're going around we're touching all the same machines and we're like oh covid is a bunch of bullshit that sort of thing we got you know shit face and we ended up coming back home Mm -hmm. the next day the country's like yo we're shutting down and mm. then we started like processing everything. We're like, oh, was that a good idea? Like, we were just around a bunch of people. Maybe right. we're going to die now. Like, mm-hmm. when the when the virus, for, oh, no, never mind. I'm not talking about the virus. <laughs> but Cider Kid, wow, what an experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out Cider Kid. Sounds like, sounds like yeah. a fantastic time, Jake. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. We're living in a different world now. Mm-hmm. We, we are indeed. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I was just in, um, it, when I was in the Poconos, we ended up going to a casino. And so now they got all the plexiglass in between each seat that you sit down in. And so I'm sitting right next to my one buddy and 
I can't even have a conversation with him. The dealer will say some little witty thing to me. I yeah. can't have a conversation with him. There's no table conversation. I lose 90 bucks in about five minutes and I go... Completely silent. I go, this isn't fun. There's yeah. nothing fun about this. Yeah. I'm getting no social aspect. I'm losing money, which is like, I kind of expected it, right. gambling. But now it's just like, I may as well just fucking t- throw this in the trash can and and stand in a room and stare at the stare wall at the by point. myself. Yeah, that's that sounds fun too. Play solitaire. Yeah. No, that sounds pretty depressing. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's basically what we're doing here. That is the one thing that I will say, like, kind of like working in this industry, you definitely see like the stark differences in people's behaviors. Like, uh, we do actually get like a lot of criticism for being open right now because we have like a, we're pretty close contact. Oh, sorry. Is the I plane taken just- off? They're taking off with all your bags. No, I, I, tried, I tried stealthily preheating an oven. Um, but nice. it just started beeping at me. Um, so that was a. Have you ever jumped failed. in the dark? Have you ever gone skydiving in the dark? Is that a thing? Yes, I have. Actually, that's like one of the things that you need to do in order to get um, uh, your D license. You need to make two uh, night skydives. I got my uh, D license. Night <laughs> Certified no, dog. <laughs> Certified D. Certified D. Well, yep, I'm definitely three beers deep. But what was I saying? Um, <laughs> fuck. Oh, yeah, we get scrutiny um, for being open, actually, a little bit, because for skydiving, me and Zach, you could relate to this. You are very close to that strange man behind you, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not necessarily not close enough, in my opinion, not close enough. Well, you didn't find the fifth attachment point. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... um, Yeah, I mean, you're you're less than ideally close to this person during a, a... a worldwide pandemic. So sometimes mm-hmm. we get yeah. kind of mixed reviews, but most of the people that come out to us, they're actually um, really understanding of it. And mm-hmm. I think we do a pretty good job at it, but it is actually kind of surprising to see how many people come out here to get strapped to a stranger uh, yeah, during a pandemic going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, th- yeah. I thought surprising. of, a, I thought of another question. I wanted Ooh, to ask. What do you got? Oh, uh, dude, we can't build it up that much. Now it's going <laughs> to suck. Um, <laughs> I, I I might have touched on this earlier, but uh, if you weren't working as a skydiver and you weren't going to work in anything environmental, do you see yourself in any other job or career? Is there anything else you, you think you could do besides what you're doing? No. No. No, I definitely need to have something outdoors yeah. related. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely couldn't sit inside. The first thing that I thought about, like my kind of fallback um, would be like working for the forestry service. I like kind of have like a minor in forestry. Right. Um, so kind of like judging parcels of land and doing understory growth and development. Um, so kind of like, um, like an easy way of like relaying it is like, you know how, uh, maybe you don't know this, but like when we first got the Redwood, I'm pretty smart. Uh, I, I'm mm, probably not. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of things. Yeah. The, the Redwood national forest, like officially, like when we got it, we were like fucking preserve this thing. No one touch it. But then there were these massive fires. Um, yeah. and the fires were from all the brush kind of building up. And eventually there was one fire and it was a giant tinderbox. So now the forestry service has been like a large talk lately, especially with, uh, climate change, whether you believe in that or not, um, shit's burning. Um, mm. So that would kind of be like my my fallback too. Would be working for the forestry service. Set the redwoods on fire? Uh, no, Just not set the arsonist. redwoods on fire. <laughs> Ideally, prevent things. I from thought about being an arsonist too. It sounds pretty cool, blowing shit up. 
I know, but the payoff doesn't work when it's not your property. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'd probably fall go, back oh, on the I don't get the service, insurance. <laughs> but that's like, uh, I guess that, that, that would also be considered rich. outdoors. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Like yeah, that. that makes sense. Um, no, I don't really think that I could do too much other than outdoors work. Um, but it's always going to be there. I mean, recreation is one of the largest industries in the world. Yeah. Um, no matter where you go. And like you uh, said, whether, grow, even growing during this time, it seems like people are getting out more. Growing? Like it's like the industry. Oh, you mean like, like, like you said, yeah, like just during yeah. during periods yeah, of recession. Yeah, no, for sure. It's growing for sure. I mean, like people have been locked up in the house. The first thing they want to do is go outside and yeah. explore something new. But there's mm-hmm. also a very large uh, repercussions to that. You know, like um, the, the outdoors has like a, a max capacity in a sense. Like, you know, yeah. there's only there's only so many people that can go out. Uh, before it's detrimental to the the health of that specific uh, ecosystem, you know. Right. Um, there's like carrying capacity is what we call in the Adirondacks. Mm-hmm. The Adirondacks is like a pretty unique case because it's so close to New York City. You know, people want to go up there and get mountain pictures and stuff like that, but the carrying capacity of the wilderness is not ready for everyone coming out at once. You know, so kind of going out enjoying different parts of your state or region is super important not just going to those specific hubs yellowstone or uh, yosemite are really good examples of that there's heaps of people out there Mm -hmm. and especially like with government shutdowns when it's not regulated and stuff like that like that will fucking thrash this place Mm. um i didn't think about that yeah me neither yeah you got to be careful with all this stuff i mean it's like not meant a we're overpopulated as fuck as a world um Uh, B, it's it's just not meant to hold that right. sort of uh, attention. We so are people pretty, need to be super careful about that. We are pretty lucky in the sense, though. I think I think the United States is one of the most uh, one of the biggest countries to have as much protected land as we do have. Most protected, mm-hmm. but also most um, like open, like uh, accessible. Like, yeah, anyone can be anywhere at any point in time. Yeah, America, um, freedom. Yeah, America. <laughs> fuck yeah. But also don't thrash our beautiful country no, for sure. from other people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, sad. Yeah, people sad need to, to be laugh more, at that point. They got to be more in touch with with the uh, with everything that's around. Right. People are super inconsiderate. I mean, I right. see it down here all the time. I was in Home Depot parking lot the other day. There's a bunch of fucking trash and I'm like you know, part of me wants to pick it up. Part of me, other doesn't like. I don't want to pick up other people's trash, that sort of thing. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah people don't. Now. People aren't very considerate to the to the no. environments yeah. around them. Yes, we got to be thankful for what we have because not a lot of people have it. No, they don't. And and if they do, then it's already been overutilized and yeah. overused, and it's it's no longer nice anymore. Yeah, yeah. I ha- I have a not a left field question, but have you ever heard of the documentary called uh, Unbranded? Nope. Oh, you, yeah, he even selling this. That was one I meant to. Yeah, you gotta cattle? watch it. Uh, it kind of. Uh, it's four guys who went to Texas A and M, and they were all like in business degrees at Texas A and M, and then like became friends, and all decided like they didn't want to do business or accounting, and they wanted to do something outdoorsy. So they made a documentary where they um, adopted like big horse guys. Yeah, they adopted. Uh, they adopted wild mustangs. Uh, because there's like a huge problem with uh, how many wild horses there are in America. They're like 
really ravaging uh, open plains and areas. So they did this documentary where they adopted Mustangs, trained them, and then rode them from uh, Mexico border to the Canadian border, all on public land, uh, just to show how much public land we have and mm-hmm. how beautiful the country is. It's it's a pretty unbelievable documentary, um, but I, it just really showcases how lucky we are to live in a, a country that has the, as much public land as we still have. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, that's without a doubt. And, like, it's so underutilized. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to go to all these national parks, but national forests are where it's at. Like, right. you know, people can – everyone's living out of a van these days. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that's, like, the cool thing. Uh, but, like, national forests are awesome because it's free camping technically. Yeah. Uh, so you can go to any number of these places which are hidden all over. They're not really big on mass because no one looks them up. Um mm-hmm. But that's like a good way of like going out and like utilizing your local environments and stuff like that. Yeah. Have you ever, uh, being in Texas, have you ever uh, explored like the the border of uh, Texas and Mexico? I've heard that actually ecosystem is pretty beautiful. Oh, really? Yeah. So, no. Like any picture I see, there's there's the Rio Grande. Um, yeah so that's all big bend and the Guadalupe Mountains. Yeah. It's it's actually, yeah. I've heard that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's, 11 hours texas is fucking yeah huge, texas is gigantic yeah oh my god i guess God, dallas, is, is, dallas is technically north texas northwest. Yeah, very north texas yeah. yeah um that's about yeah 10 to 11 hours away from where i am right now yeah uh, big that's bend like, is beautiful. i guess it's like asking like how long does it take to get to florida from us? yeah it's so like, like you ever distance. yeah you ever go to yo you're from new jersey you ever been to miami <laughs> yeah yeah you ever go rage at the clubs in miami <laughs> no <laughs> God. Um, yeah, no, I haven't been down there. I do want to go down there. The Guadalupe Mountains, I definitely want to go right. explore as, as well. Um, I have one buddy that is actually uh, a whitewater guy down in the Big Bend area on the Rio Grande. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it looks absolutely beautiful. It's got some hot springs down there, super diverse canyon systems and stuff like that. Um, no, I haven't gotten down there. I haven't really done too much Texas stuff in general, but... Mm it is like a goal of mine. Maybe if we get shut down. Yeah, you got to get to Austin. Right. You've been yeah, Austin. You shut down then. Nope. Haven't been down to Austin yeah, yet, but I've heard nothing but good everything. things. Um, yeah, actually, the, the company awesome. that I work for, um, the guy is actually like kind of like, in my personal opinion, he's a pioneer of the skydiving industry. The, mm-hmm. Like a skydiving operation has huge amounts of overhead costs. Um, in terms of like the aircraft, the the uh, fuel to get it up, the type of pricing that we need to send a load, that sort of thing. Mm. He's managed to franchise five different locations across wow. the United States, three okay. of them being in Texas, one in Atlanta, Georgia, and another in Clueston, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty shout much Georgia, working. What's that? I said shout out to Georgia, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Georgia swing state. Um <laughs> What's it called? Pretty much working in this uh, company, we're able to swap around uh, at different locations relatively easily. Like if you have my position, no, not so much. That was a little toot of my horn. But um, if you're just a general contractor, yeah, you can go and work at other locations as well. One of our locations is down in, down in San Marcos, and it's um, it's near San Antonio in mm. Austin. Yeah, Brittany, is that right? Yes. Okay. So it's right near San Antonio and Austin. I still don't know Texas at all. Hi, Brittany. But mm-hmm. San San Marcos is kind of like a cool place to go, especially as like a skydiving instructor. Like you know, there's a big college down in San Marcos where it's got like 
uh, a river to float on and kayak or canoe yeah. or whatever. And then it's got like fancy restaurants, obviously college biddies everywhere, but <laughs> that's not my jam. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like the cooler place to go. I do want to go down to San Marcos and kind of explore that area a little bit more. Yeah. Um, ultimately I never thought I would like Texas as much as I do right now. It Everyone's moving to Texas, dude. Austin dude, it seems to be a big hotspot. Yeah, everyone's dude, moving Texas, to Texas is rad. I'm yeah. actually working on getting my um, residency? residency here oh, right nice. now. Unfortunately, I had a hold on my account. I guess I've like apparently I've had like a revoked license for five years. I just found yeah, out. Yeah, you're on like a bunch of watch it. lists. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, again, that fixed right now. It should be cleared up with New York in like a couple of weeks. But mm-hmm. um, I'm really excited to be a resident down here. The people are super nice. Um, and the things to do down here are immense. Mm. Um, also just like potential growth as like a person and like business. Texas is like one of those states that you could totally see just being like, fuck it. We're our own country now. Yeah. Um, it kind yeah, of is. I mean, <laughs> what? Or they stayed with Mexico for a while. Like maybe they uh, said, way back. Fuck it. Yeah. yeah. You talking <laughs> history stuff? Yeah. I don't know There's always like history. rumors that like Texas has its own power grid and it's totally ready to like segregate itself from the United States. But like, I don't know how much that, that is true, but if it, if it is it's so that's huge, Texas so rad. Yeah. It basically yeah. is its own little dominion. It is. Yeah. And like, I feel like it gets like a bad rap in like just general society. Uh, like, Oh fucking Texas. Yeah. But once you come down here, anyone that's coming from Jersey, a shout out to South Jersey. Uh, it's literally the same thing, just on a bigger scale. Uh, no kidding. Huh. It's got corn everywhere. Um, I like corn. love corn. Well, I mean, like it's very much like Medford. Well, yeah. Connor, you're from Medford. I am, dude. Yeah. You don't have to say it like that. Jeez. Everyone that everyone that's from Medford, from Medford pretty much where scum. I live, Texas is the same exact thing. It's yeah. large agricultural land, just on a bigger. How scale. How are the tomatoes though? Okay. Uh, yeah, that's the one thing. No yeah. tomatoes. I knew that was coming out from the right yeah. field. Uh, no, no tomatoes, just corn. Uh, corn's still pretty good. Yeah, corn is good. I need my tomatoes though. Yeah. Cool, man. That's good. Well, this yeah. has been great. Yeah, yeah this has been awesome, man. man. I really yeah, appreciate you coming you so on much. here. This has been a fun time. Yeah, this has lasted a lot longer than I thought, so I'm glad I made it this far. Yeah, know, dude. yeah. absolutely, dude. This was... Yeah, this was fun. It was great getting your perspective on some things and hearing about how you're doing out there. And also, uh, I think this will be useful for people who are kind of in a similar spot that you were and considering that kind of route, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hopefully. I mean, like, if it is, that's good. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are probably in this similar situation that you've been in your life that uh, hopefully they hear this Mm because it's a good story. Yeah, sweet. Thanks, guys. Well, I appreciate the time. Yeah, yeah, man. Keep talking to you, dude. buddy. Yeah, thanks a lot, bro. Keep in touch. All right. See you, bye Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of After School Program. As always, you can go to ASPPOD.com for show notes and transcripts. Give us a follow and like on social at ASPPOD. And tell your friends to subscribe and listen every Tuesday.